Welcome to Wisdom from the Word of God, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Owen Butler, endeavoring to reconnect people with God. The Gospel according to Luke, chapter 24, starting at verse 13 you will find these words. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was uh, while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is this that you are having with one another as you walk and are sad. Then the one whose name was Cleophas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But him they did not see. Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And the beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated he would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. 
Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them that he took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose at that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Uh, thank you for standing for this long scripture, amen, passage. But I'd like to talk to you today from the thought, Emmaus, an Easter story. Emmaus, an Easter story. In this particular narrative that I've read in your hearing, uh, the, the sheer number of verses, amen, are too much to unpack verse by verse. But what we want to do today is look at the story, amen, and see the implications of this story for not just the lives of these two disciples, but for our lives today. We find ourselves in the context nestled on the third day, Easter Sunday. Amen. We find that the two of the disciples that were with the eleven when the women are uh, uh, Mary Magdalene and, and Mary the mother of James and Joanna had come running back telling them that Jesus was no longer in the tomb. And that the angels had told them that he is alive, he has risen from the grave. They asked them, why, why do you look for the living amongst the dead? Sometimes in our lives, amen, we are looking for the master in all the wrong places. Sometimes we are looking for the master to show up, amen, after we have done everything that we have determined to do. But the master said to us, amen, in Matthew 6, he said to us, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added unto you. We sometimes get our order out. We, 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 we get things out of order. We, we think we got to do everything we can do first. And then after everything else has failed, then we call upon the master. The master saying, no, you call upon me first. Amen. So we find ourselves in this text. Amen. And the disciples amen, are still having a hard time believing what has occurred. It's interesting that these disciples, amen, especially the 11, had been for him, with him for three long years. They, 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 they walked with him, they traveled with him, they slept at the same location. He taught them, amen, in an intimate setting and day after day. He told them on many occasions about the fact that he was going to have to die. But on the third day, he would rise from the grave. 
But even after all of that, the disciples are still confused about what has happened to Jesus. It is interesting that uh, we, we can hear of the word of God and we can acknowledge the word of God uh, when we're in an academic setting. Remember that the disciples were all on board, amen, when they heard these words, amen, when they were in an academic setting. But now they have gone from academia into real world activity. Now what Jesus has said to them has now come to pass. And now they have forgotten the plagues. They, they have now gotten into the thick of it all and they have gotten spiritual amnesia as it relates to what Jesus has said. But don't feel bad about them, amen. Don't look down on them because we are the same way. We, we come to church Sunday after Sunday sometimes or every once in a while, but when we come, we hear the word of God and we nod our heads in acknowledgement of the word. We have intellectual assent about what the word is saying and then we go out into the world and start to be hit on one side or another by the evil ones of the world and then somehow we forget the plagues. Somehow we forget the things that Jesus has told us and we revert back to the old us and start doing things the old way. So don't feel, don't, don't come down on these disciples, amen, because they're just a mirror image of us. Amen, we can come over and over again and then go outside, amen, and it seems like we have had an a identity crisis. Amen. And then the same Christians who were, were acknowledging the word of God, amen, get out in the street and they are acting like the world. We look at the text and, and, and they were like, I don't think this, you know, this is working out the way Jesus has said. So they're working, they're walking down the road on their way to Emmaus. And while they are trying to reason in their own minds what has occurred, the wonderful and, and, and miraculous Jesus Christ enters into their conversation. But it's interesting that Jesus does not show up shining and, and bright and, and with a halo over his head that says Jesus so that they know exactly who he is. No, he comes unassuming. And I want you to know today that Jesus, amen, comes unassuming to us today as well. See, sometimes we want the Lord to just start raining down lightning and, and burning folks up and, and rooting folks out. And we want him to do all these things, amen, but he doesn't do it that way. Sometimes God is doing something totally different because his plan is much bigger than the plans that we can see. It almost appears like Jesus isn't doing anything at all. But Jesus promised us that if we believe by faith, we will know that Jesus is always working as the Father is working. But he just doesn't do things the way that we would expect him to be done. He does things a lot of times that's unassuming. So he comes to the disciples without fanfare, amen, which they was hoping to have done. And so as he's walking along and he's asking them about their conversation and why are they so sad, 
Cleophas said, what's wrong with you, man? Didn't you heard about all what's going on? Are you the only one who's a stranger around here? Are you the only one that just showed up? Do you not know of, of the chief priests and the scribes and, and how they delivered up Jesus Christ of Nazareth who, who was powerful in, in word and in deed? I mean, where you been, man? Don't you know? That's what Cleophas is like. Hey, what's, you, how, how could you not know all that's going on here this weekend? Amen? And, and so Jesus goes ahead and plays along. Now, ain't that something? He could have he said, well, let me tell you something. I'm Jesus, and let me, you don't, don't you talk to me. No, he didn't. He said, what things? Going along. Because he wants to see how they are thinking. Even though he already knows, but he wants to hear them speak out their thoughts. Look at the text. So he says, what things? And so they said to him the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth. He said, a prophet of mighty indeed and word from God. He said, how those chief priests and rulers delivered him uh, to be condemned to death and crucify him. And they said, but we were hoping. We were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. And to be seized, all this today is the third day since these things happened. Now, we who are uh, New Testament Christians and have the uh, complete picture of the 66 books of this Bible, amen, will see this totally different than they see it. But you got to put yourself in their shoes. They are living the New Testament. They are living out the scriptures that are yet to be written. Amen. This gospel has not even been written yet when they're going through this. So they don't have the purview that you and I have. Amen. So they are dealing with something in the right now for them. But I want to say, how about you and I, when we're dealing with situations of life that are difficult and trying, amen, in the right now, how do we respond to them? Do we respond to them according to the word of God and all Jesus has said? Or do we start spinning in the middle of the room? I, I contend that these two disciples aren't that much different than you and I. Amen. Because when we're in our right now situation, we have to realize that a lot of times we don't respond according to scripture as well. Amen. amen. And so we look at our text. Amen. And, and they, are, they are dealing with this situation. Amen. And they have even heard from other disciples. The women, amen, have come and told them that Jesus is no longer there. They told him that the angels have come and said he is risen, he is risen indeed. But even with that, they were not able to, to absorb the reality that Jesus, what he said was going to occur, had occurred. They were having a problem with reality of real, realizing that Jesus did die on Friday, but he rose on Sunday morning. Now, when you and I talk about this, it's almost pedantic. We say it and, and we have no problems with saying, of course he did. He rose on that Sunday morning. But this is our looking back. Hindsight is 2020. Amen. It was there now. Amen. Emmaus, a Easter story. When you look at the text, 
You see that they were having such issue with this. Amen. And then Jesus says to them, he says, Oh foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. He says, Ought not the Christ have uh, suffered these things and entered into his glory? So now here is the word, speaking the word to the disciples. To remind them of the reality of what God has said to them. To, to jog their memory, amen. To, to, to shake them up and to get them back in one accord with the word of God. And then to face what they're seeing and align it up with scripture. Do you know that's why we come to Bible study, Sunday school, and service, amen, to hear the word, to get shaken back up and realigned with God's word. Because when you're out there in them streets, amen, doing the week, you're hit by everything else except the things of God. You got every kind of theology, you got every philosophy, you got folk trying to drive you one way and another. It's easy to get off track, take the wrong exit, and end up in Albuquerque. Amen. But as we come back to the house of God to get straightened back up, to get reshaken and reshaped, and get back in line with the word of God. And so they were having church right here because the word was speaking the word unto them. Am I right about it, saints? Amen. And it says in the beginning, he started with Moses and all the prophets. Oh, could you, could you imagine how, how Jesus began with Moses? He began with the Old Testament scriptures and he brought that thing all the way up. He went up through the law. Amen. And he went up through uh, Psalms and Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. He worked the scriptures. Talking about the prophets of Isaiah. Amen. Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea. He worked the scriptures so that they could get a good view of who and what had occurred. And as he began to preach the word to them and made it clear unto them, he said, then they drew near to the village where they were going and he indicated that he would have gone farther. In other words, they were going down the road, amen, and Jesus, when they got to the fork in the road, when it was time to turn and to go to their village, Jesus didn't turn and go with them. Jesus stood in a position that he would have stayed on the road. I want you to know that Jesus is a gentleman. This is another aspect of the Christ that we need to realize is that Christ will not force himself on you. If you don't want him in your life, he won't force himself into it. So that's why it is dangerous for us to make the decision that we're going to do it our way. It's dangerous because the Lord said, well, if you want to do it, then you go ahead and do it. The, the Lord was standing there and he was not going to go with them to their village until they asked. And guess what? Jesus is still waiting on some of us to ask him to come into some of the situations in our life today. We ask the Lord in the one thing, we ask the Lord in another, but others we say, oh, that's all right. This is too small or, or I can handle this. Amen. But you can't handle nothing. Amen. Without the Lord. And so the Lord is patiently waiting, but he ain't going to bum rush. He ain't going to run up on you. He's going to wait to hear you call his name. Amen. And so we look at the text and it says that, that he would have gone farther, but they constrained him. 
saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with him. The Lord is waiting for some of us to be constraining of him. Some of us that say, Lord, no, you stay with me, Lord. Lord, come and be with me. Lord, I need you in my life to direct me and to correct me, to lead me on the path of righteousness. Lord, I don't need to be out here by myself. And the Lord will. He'll come in. The Lord is just waiting to hear from you and he will come in to your life. He will make a difference in the world that you live in, but you got to call on him. You got to ask him to come in. The Bible says, he says, he said, or some of it says, he said, ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened. His part starts with asking. You got to open your mouth and talk to the Lord. Amen. When you know you got a problem. Amen. You never open your mouth and talk to the Lord and he will come in, but he's not coming until you ask. Amen. We look at the text and we see that he, he, when it came to pass, he sat at the table with them and he took bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. After they asked the Lord into their homes, amen, the Lord came in and he came in with communion. He came in with relationship and fellowship with these men and he wants to have that same kind of relationship and fellowship with you. Amen. He wants to break bread with you and bless it. Amen. He, he wants to come in and he wants to be a part of your life. Uh, this what he did with these disciples are the same as he did in the upper room. He wanted them to be reminded of the death, burial, and resurrection. But he also wanted them to know that he's willing to be with them. So the master says here in the text, when we look at the text after he broke it and gave it to them, th their eyes were open and they knew him and he vanished from their sight. I want you to know that you can't figure God out. You're not going to be able to see him off of your own strength. If you're going to see the Christ, he's going to have to open your eyes to him. In this text, we found that at one point, Jesus, Jesus had closed their eyes so that they could not see him. And now he was opening it so that they could see him. But any way that you see Jesus is because he's allowed you to. It is the master that gives us eyes to see and ears to hear. Amen. We do not do it on our own. But when we look at the text, we also see that he opened his eyes. And the minute he opened their eyes, he vanished. Because his work with them were now done. They now knew that he had risen and he was risen indeed. They now knew that the master lived because he had now communed with them. In order for us to know that the master still lives today, it's more than an academic exercise, amen. We need to know that the master is living in our lives. There ought to be some proof positives during a week, amen, that Jesus lives. There ought to be something in our talk, in our walk, in our activities, in our interaction with other folk that lets the world know and our own soul that Jesus lives. Amen. Amen. And then Jesus 
Uh, we, we know that Jesus was on a mission because the Bible said he showed himself to over 500 disciples. Amen. There was 120 in the upper room, but there was 500 total. Amen. You find that in the book of Acts. But here we see that he had a 40-day layover, amen, which the book of Acts responds to and talks about. Amen. So he was on the move. So Jesus vanished from this place, amen, being with those disciples. And the text goes on to say that after he had vanished, amen, he got in a, they got in a hurry down that hour to head to Jerusalem. When you have met the Lord and the Lord is real in your life, you want to get in a hurry to get to the assembly. You, you want to be around folk that's just like you, that understands the reality of having a life in Jesus Christ. And that's what they did. Amen. But they went to console and to comfort one another in the reality that Jesus had rose from the dead. This is a big thing for them. Amen. Amen. That all the things that Jesus said had come to pass. But they had a problem that we see in the text. They were saying to Jesus, amen, they said, well, we thought that he came to redeem Israel. But they missed it, amen. It wasn't to come to redeem them militarily or politically, but it was to redeem them spiritually. Jesus did not come, amen, to, to, to take the Christians and make them a nation state, amen. To take us, amen, out of the world and create a new nation state for us. No, he wants us to stay in the midst of the dying world. Because he wants us to be those who relate with them that perhaps they will hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and be saved. God did not come to take us up out of the world, but he came to give us life in the world so that we can affect other lives that on that day when he takes us out, that the great coronation may be as big as possible. Amen? Amen. Amen. So when we look at the text, we see now that he has said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, peace to you. Jesus is all about peace, y'all. He's all about calming spirits, amen, when you're going through. They were disturbed and they were discouraged, amen. And Jesus showed up in the midst of him and said, peace, be still. He showed up in that place, amen, where the saints of God were congregating together. He, he wanted them to know that the reality of serving me is a true reality of serving a true and living God. He wanted them to know that I'm not dead, but I am alive. He said, and now I have power over space and time. Jesus just showing up, amen. But then in the text, it also goes on to say that he told them to, to feel him, feel his hands and to touch him in the side and to know that he is flesh and blood. See, Jesus is in his, in his uh, uh, glorified state, Jesus is still in a body. Amen? He's still in a body like you and mine, except now it is glorified. So that we know that the same kind of glorification will happen to us one day. One day when that trumpet sounds, and the dead in Christ shall rise, and they that remain shall be caught up in the air. It's in that day 
we shall see that these bodies that we have today shall be changed in the twinkling of an eye. We'll still have bodies, but they will be made new. No longer will we deal with sickness and with pain. It shall all be over. No more will we be hungry or we shall be thirsty because we shall be glorified like the master. In that day, we shall be like the son of God. We shall be able to move freely through space and time. The Lord has a way of doing the impossible and he's still doing the impossible today. This is an Easter story that lets us know that God has power over death. Some of us are living with folk that are not alive in Christ. Some of us are living with folk who don't know our master. Some of us have family members that are not receiving the good news of Jesus Christ. But the same master that raised his son from the dead, that same master can save the souls of our loved ones. No matter how long they've been outside the walls, of Jerusalem no matter how long they've been out of the commonwealth of Israel even if it's in the 11th hour they can be saved so I'm saying to you today don't give up on those who have not received him yet the Easter story is not done yet there's still some dead spirits that need to be made alive in Christ keep on and keep on loving on them. Keep on showing them the light of God. And you don't know how it may work out. But God is able to save every soul. He's able because he saved my soul. One Thursday evening down in Texarkana, Texas back by a cardboard baler. I've been and talking about believers but God got my attention one Thursday night he reached me down in my soul and I asked the man of God what must I do to be saved and he began to pray with me the sinner's prayer and I asked the Lord into my heart and he came in and supped with me he changed me and rearranged me. And now I am his own. It's been 30 years since I was saved. But I'm still on the battlefield for the Lord. I've been on mountaintops. And I've been in valley lows. But Jesus would never forsake me. Nor has he left me. And I know without a doubt. He's coming back and he's coming back for his children and we shall behold him as the only begotten full of grace and truth. Won't that be a good day, saints of God? If you're happy about that idea, say yeah. Say yeah.
the church over. Yes, yes. Praise the name of the Lord. The doors of the church are open. There may be somebody here today, amen, who hears the word about Jesus Christ and says, I want to be saved. I want him to come and sup with me. I want him to live in me. Amen. But well, right now is the time to get to know him. And you can get to know him today. Pray we all get ready. Pray we all get ready. Amen.
Hello, Wisdom from the Word of God listening family. I want to once again thank you for listening to this podcast. And if you would be so kind, on whatever platform you listen to Wisdom from the Word of God, I ask that you give it a review. And when you give it a review, also give some specifics as it relates to why you enjoy this podcast. Whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, whether it's Stitcher Radio or iHeartRadio, whether it's Spotify or Anchor FM, whether it's Player FM, whether it's CastBox or Breaker, or any of the many platforms where you can hear this podcast. It would help us so much so that more can discover this podcast through seeing your comments and reviews and ratings. And hopefully this will give us more visibility and more distribution to reach more with the message of Jesus Christ. And once again, I am so thankful that you have taken out the time to listen to this podcast. And for your continued support, I will be forever grateful. God bless you and God keep you is my prayer. Thank you.